0: Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Chris Geis. So, you want to ride a motorcycle better, faster, safer, with more skill and confidence? Or do you want to ride a motorcycle for the first time? Or ride again after taking a break from riding? Well, the purpose of my podcast is to help grow the sport of motorcycling by helping riders of all levels, whether they are new to motorcycling or not, increase their knowledge and skills so that they are better, smarter, safer riders and are getting everything they want out of motorcycling, whether it's on the street, on the track, or maybe even as a fan or a participant in some form of motorcycle racing. My game is to help all motorcyclists up their game. This is episode 44 titled, Interview with Darren Waite from Forma Boots USA. In this episode, I have a great chat with Darren Waite, who not only is a fellow motorcyclist, but used to club race motorcycles in australia and has worked in the motorsports industry for 25 years darren is responsible for bringing the racing track riding motocross adventure and street riding products of italian-based Forma boots to the australian and the u.s markets we talk in depth about the Forma ice pro boots that i recently purchased for street and track riding the technology behind them why they are used by MotoGP racer danilo petrucci and how Forma's technology and approach to boot design, development, and manufacturing is applied to the products they supply for all disciplines of motorcycle riding. This episode was recorded on Thursday, May 14, 2020, and is being published on Sunday, May 17, 2020. I hope you enjoy it. So, you want to ride a motorcycle? Well, you've come to the right place, because this is the So You Want to Ride a Motorcycle Podcast. My special guest tonight is Darren Waite, who's the owner of Frontier Distribution USA Incorporated. Although he's normally based in Nevada, with everything that's going on now with the coronavirus, he's currently sheltering at home with family and working from Australia. He has worked in the motorsports industry for about 25 years and was the brand manager for Alpine Stars in Australia before signing on with the Italian motorcycle gear manufacturer Former Boots in 2008 and becoming their distributor in Australia. In 2012, Darren became the U.S. distributor for Forma and has been helping introduce their products to the U.S. market ever since. So welcome, Darren.
1: Hey, Chris. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Oh, absolutely. My, my pleasure. Um, I'll tell you, I, I know you know that I'm a, an owner of a, of a Forma product. I have the, uh, the right. Forma I, Ice Pro Boots. And so I kind of tell you like what's kind of led, led to this, uh, this, this discussion that we're going to have tonight. So... Um, I uh, I started riding motorcycles not that long ago, back in 2016, and I've kind of gotten to the point where I want to start doing track days. And so I've got some pretty decent gear for the street, but I wanted to start, you know, kind of upgrading, improving the gear to stuff that was, you know, very well suited for riding on the track. And I figured, you know, what the heck, the investment in that, you know, I'm not going to do track days all the time, but the investment in that is just going to make me that much better protected when I'm, you know, riding on the street. Um, and back in December, I was at the motorcycle show and I was looking for a pair of, uh, of gloves for the track. And I came across, uh, heroic racing apparel, which is a distributor for, for Form of boots. Um, and I bought a pair of their racing gloves and I got to know, um, Todd McNabney, who's the owner of heroic, you know, got to know him really well. He's a really good guy. I trust him. You know, he's pretty, pretty connected, you know, with, motorcycle racing and he knows a lot of racers and you know his his products are, are very well respected and he's well respected you know and I noticed that he carried former boots so I was like all right well if Todd carries former boots they've got to be pretty good so you know, I started <laughs> I started I started looking into it and so you know I had been looking at the boots on his website and then just coincidentally re- recently he had been running a little bit of a, a sale on, on some of the, you know, actually on, on many of the former boots But it was some nice discounts, I guess, on some of like last year's color schemes that whatever, maybe, you know, stock that was left over or maybe it wasn't the most popular. So, you know, for I think about $209 US, I got a pair of ice pro boots, you know, really nice boots, which are like they're like racing boots, like they are racing quality boots. So I I thought that was, you know, a really good deal. Um, I've been kind of piecing together my kit for the track. And so I just thought it'd be really cool to get to, you know talk to someone behind the whole operation um you know and, and just the fact that we we're talking a little bit before you know before the, the started the recording you know you mentioned that you know you're you're basically the one who's brought these products to the united states um i'm very interested to hear you know like what we'll, we'll talk about you know how that's going and uh you know that the programs and things that that you have in place so, uh, okay. So that's probably enough of me talking. So right. maybe, maybe you want to you want to just share a little bit about your experience in the motorsports industry, like what what you've done over the years.
1: Yeah, basically, uh, my background uh, is products. So, um, you know, for twenty five years, uh, I've been more or less working as a buyer, uh, working with quite a few of the the large uh, motorcycle brands. So it's really uh it's really been a fantastic uh career for me i've, I've really enjoyed it um, you know the whole focus you know for most brands in the market is uh protecting riders uh so um you know and that's why you see an array of you know different products on the market you know they especially when it comes to motorcycle boots there's uh, there's a real science uh when it comes to building a boot and Building a boot uh, to suit all the different uh, disciplines and applications uh, in motorcycling. So, um, you know, the you mentioned the Ice Pro uh, Flow boot uh, that you now own. Um, that boot was originally built for MotoGP races. So uh, that actually is a boot that's used at the highest level in in MotoGP. So we've been able to. Uh, Take that boot and take, uh, bring it to the market and um, offer that to the riders and and offer them the highest level of, of protection. And it's not just a matter of bringing a nice, fancy, good-looking boot with plastic all over it. There's there's a lot of, like I said before, a lot of science in these boots and and they have to protect the right way. Um, and uh, it's a credit to you know all the top uh, all the top brands that uh produce any sort of racing products how often we see these riders uh wreck or crash at you know 200 miles per hour and you know they get up and walk away you know yeah we see it all the time and um you know the technology in these boots the materials they're using the, the designs the, it's it's really quite impressive uh where the whole industry's at at the moment uh, not just our brand but um but all brands. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. So, now, what? How how long has Forma, you know, a, the Italian company, been been in business?
1: Well, uh, well, the owner, Ivano uh, Bernardo, uh, he's he's been uh, a boot manufacturer for a long time. At one stage, he was the largest off-road motorcycle boot manufacturer in the world. It uh, goes right back to the Fox, uh, the off-road brand Fox. Uh, uh, he originally made all the uh, the Fox former boots uh, that were produced in Italy. Uh, from there, he went on um, to start the former brand as a standalone brand. Uh, he was making boots for Fox. He was making boots for BMW Triumph um, 661. He's probably more a, an OEM producer more so than a, um, you know mm-hmm. producing his own own brand. Oh. So yeah. So in the last, uh, I think. Uh, what are we? Yeah, last twenty years uh, he's been focused on developing this former brand that he'd he'd always played around with. And what you see today, I guess, is the results of his hard work and and uh, his designs and passion, I guess, uh, for motorcycling.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah so that it, it's interesting because you know forma basically to me is a a new brand right cuz you know basically i guess i became i guess i became aware of it you know the latter half of last year it, you know it's new to the us uh, since about what 8 years ago but it's interesting that it goes back 20 years so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of history and stuff i guess that's you know that's gone into the evolution of these products
1: yeah that's right uh you know a lot of these italian manufacturers in Italy is, is the home of motorcycling so a lot of the good brands have originated out of italy but you know they're great with products but sometimes they're not so good with marketing and um you know so they're a little bit slow in going global i guess and you know that's that's why sometimes these brands they seem like they're underground but they pop up out of nowhere and and you know there's already a lot of work and design gone into building the brand and that's sort of what happened with Forma. It's sort of just come out of nowhere, and you know, we're one of the biggest producers in the world of of motorcycle boots. So.
0: Now, is is Forma okay? So, so, so basically, so the the guy that kind of started things off, right? You said he was like OEMing products, right, for Fox and whatnot. Yeah. And, and then split off Forma. So, it, is is Forma like simply its own consumer brand, or does Forma also continue to OEM products? Like, are there, you know. Other products made by Forma that have different, you know, manufacturer different brand labels.
1: Yeah, there there, there is products in the market right now that uh, that Forma have uh, have actually produced. Uh, they're actually they're trying to get away from uh, producing OEM products. Uh, you know, the the economics don't stack up. It's uh, low margins and a lot of work and and I guess the satisfaction of um, putting all your efforts into your own brand. Uh, I think it's more rewarding for them um so yeah that, that's sort of where they're at but um there's some very popular boots in the market at the moment uh that uh, are produced by a former
0: now of products that they oem for is there any you know brands that the listeners would might be familiar with
1: uh yeah so yeah, like the the popular bmw gs rally boot um mm-hmm. i know i know that's uh that is produced by former there's some triumph boots in the market right now that uh are produced by former there's some other brands there that i'm not sure if i'm allowed to actually mention so maybe i maybe i don't go there but uh oh yeah that,
0: that's, uh, my, that's my... yeah but uh
1: yeah but you know that's that's what that's not what Former's is about you know now they're just really focusing on um, building their own brand and making the best uh, motorcycle footwear products um, uh, for the market and, and for the riders. So.
0: so maybe maybe we could talk a little bit since the you know the Ice Pro right that's the boot I'm most familiar with. Uh said you know, that's that's the one that yeah. I own. Maybe maybe we could talk about that boot a little bit. And, and and by the way, like in the, whenever I do one of these podcast episodes, like I'll put links and note, you know, in the show notes and things, people will be able to find things on, on, on your website and whatnot. So people understand. So this boot is kind of two versions of it. And it's kind of common with motorcycle boots, especially like for track. So there's the ice pro and then the ice pro flow. The difference being the flow has perforated material right basically so it's better for very hot weather you get better air air airflow and and things like that um i I was gonna say leather i'm not sure are are the is the boot construction leather or some of it leather some synthetic what's the materials
1: yeah so the main structure of the boot is um, microfiber so uh there's absolutely no brands using leather in in racing boots um leather leather is a great product um and it's Uh, it's a natural product um but uh there's a lot of inconsistencies with leather um depending on the quality of the the cows the leather comes from the you know the the processing of the hides it's there's a lot of variation so when you're building products to be used at you know the highest level of racing you really need to use materials that are stable and consistent so um Microfiber doesn't form to your foot as well as what leather does. Leather being a natural product, it shapes well to your foot. Mm-hmm. Um and it's it's used extensively in touring boots that that need to be comfortable for and adventure boots for guys that uh you know ride for long periods of time. When it comes to racing, you need a boot that is stable and is going to have the same feel about it every time you go racing just so um, it's really important at high speed to to be able to feel the controls of the bike and and for that feel to be consistent um, so microfiber um, has similar similar properties similar qualities to leather but it's actually lighter so it's more lightweight and um, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a manufactured product, so it can be manufactured um, the same all the time. So uh, so a rider, rider at the start of the race is going to have the same feeling boots at the end of the race uh, because the boots haven't stretched. Um, the, the, the moisture from the rider hasn't expanded or grown the leather. So that's why, you know, all brands generally use microfiber, which is fantastic cotton-based product. Um, that uh, is very strong, lightweight. Um, just maybe lacks a little bit of comfort, but you know, uh, races, races aren't really looking for that that comfort. So,
0: right, yeah, and it, it, it's interesting that you mention that because one of the things I've noticed, and I've only had the boots for I don't know two weeks, th- maybe three weeks. I've worn them a handful of times, you know, on the street because I want to just get used to them and kind of quote unquote break them in or whatever. Although, you know, being that they're not leather, maybe that that's not really an issue or anything. Um, They they are extremely comfortable on the bike. Uh, Now, I I have it's a Kawasaki Z900 RS. So it's a Japanese standard. It's not. You know, it's not like a sport bike with rear set pegs. You know, it's kind of, you know, your foot position is kind of straight down. So it's a different seating position. Um, but the boots are very comfortable for you know, riding hours and hours at a time. You know, admittedly, they're not designed for walking around. And and that, you know, that's kind of what I found was, you know, I'd gone out one weekend. We went riding with my girlfriend and we went walking around at the beach or whatever. And they were not they were not bad, but they weren't, they're not, they're, it's obvious they're not meant for walking around. So, you know, what you just described totally makes sense. You know, that's like, they're, they're really comfortable on the bike and then for whatever, you know, walking you need to do around the pits and whatnot. But, you know, they're, they're, it, it, this is not a weekend touring boot, you know, where you're going to go. Oh, although I, I, I might actually try it, you know, bring bring an extra pair of shoes and, you know, if I go over a weekend trip, I'll probably wear these. But yeah, so so yeah. It, it, make, it makes sense that they're geared towards comfort on the bike. And it's interesting, I hadn't thought of the point you made about, you know, a racer wanting the consistency and not wanting the boot to change or necessarily, you know, you don't want it breaking in, wearing out kind of thing. You want to be consistent.
1: Yeah, look, that's it. And, you know, this is, uh, when you mention the comfort that you found with this boot, uh, you know, a lot of this comes back to the European uh, producers. Um, You know, the Far East production, the boots made in, you know, Far East, um, you know, Pakistan, even some of the Asian countries, uh, they, they just can't get the same comfort in the boot. Um, it all comes down to that final lasting of the boot where they get that internal shape when they, you know, they, they form up and glue together the boot. Um, so this, this boot built for racing has been surprisingly comfortable and you will find that with most European manufacturers. Uh, a lot more care goes into that final lasting process and and also the the quality and the ergonomics of the the footbed um so there's a lot of work goes into that
0: now that's a i don't know if it's a unique feature to Forma but and, and i forget what the the name you have for it right but the footbed it's kind of designed to allow some airflow right like it, when you, when you pull the the at least the sole out of the boot you know the removable piece i i know there's kind of i don't know how to explain it. it's kind of like a a grid like a a waffle arrangement right which I guess is to help promote promote airflow under the foot.
1: Yeah, so uh, that's a great system. It, it's it's very effective. Um, basically in the middle of in the middle of that insole, uh, there's there's what we call a pump. So the arch of your foot actually pumps uh, minute amounts of air around underneath that uh, through little channels underneath that insole. Very effective. It you know, when you look at it you think, oh it's it's not gonna do a whole lot. But um, you know, if we are testing, you know, we've actually seen a big improvement using that design. And you know, it's a design from Ivano, the the, the founder of Former and you know, this, this is where Former's amazing, you know, just intricate little designs and features like this that um they're willing to try and, and take to the market and they've been very successful with. So um that certainly adds to the comfort of the boot um and also the breathability of the boot
0: Mm -hmm. okay yeah so maybe we can just talk a little bit more about the the, some of the features technical features on these boots obviously the listeners don't have the benefit of the the picture i'm looking at right now you know i'm actually looking at the the pair that i got the ice pro and the, the the neon yellow um but I, I know, maybe you could talk a little bit about some of the other features in terms of like the the ankle protection, right? There's like the torsion control and, and things.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, you know, when you look at the boot, um, you'll see that uh, there's not a lot of like plastic protection on the front of the boot. Uh, but if you have a look at the heel, it has this massive heel counter, uh, what we call a heel counter, which is the heel cup. Um, so basically this, um, this boot's, designed for uh designed for racing uh, at high speed most races when they when they wreck they generally high side or they low side and roll forward off the bike and nearly always land on their heels so so when you look at any road racing boot you'll see there's not much going on in the front of the boot but at the rear of the boot um that's where all the protection is so um, I lost my train of thought there. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. No.
0: Yeah. You were saying but, about but, how the, the level of protection in the heel, because that's typically the vulnerable spot, right? In a, in a crash.
1: That's right. Yeah. So, so, so the whole boot is um, is is sort of developed around that heel, um, and then you'll see attached to the heel is the is the ankle support. Um, uh, the ankle support gives the boot some lateral stability. Okay. Now. It's also important when uh, when you're road racing or even generally road riding that you don't have boots that are too rigid, okay? Um, if a boot's too rigid, it doesn't absorb the impact correctly and generally you'll end up with like worse injuries. Um, that's why you generally you don't see um, or you don't see at all road racers wearing motocross boots because they're too rigid and um, don't absorb the impact correctly. So... The ankle support system on the Ice Pro Flow boots is is quite a soft system, and some guys are critical of us. They say it's not effective, but it's it's actually very effective and um, adds a lot of stability to the boot. And yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's a very good system. And as we go further up the boot, uh, we have the the shin protection, um, which is also very important, um, and uh, and a massive opening. You probably. Seen that on your boots, the boot opens, expands right out, uh, has a nice big entry. That's that's so we can get the 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 entry of the boot or the opening of the boot um, up and and lock to lock to your, the leg of your leathers. This also helps the boot um, uh, with protection and stability of that whole ankle and lower leg.
0: Yeah, I mean, and eventually, like I said, when I'm doing track riding, I will have a leather suit. Right now. Actually, what I do is I, I just wear—I have these uh, bond armor pants, which is just for for basically for crash protection, and then I just wear jeans, like riding jeans, and that yeah, it actually. They actually work surprisingly well with these boots. Like I'm able to, you know, I can just basically just tuck the jeans leg like you would with, a, you know, a leather tracksuit into the boot. You know, just kind of wrap the material around because it's, you know, it's a wider cuff than than a tracksuit would be. And and because the boot does open up so far, it is very easy to get the boot on. Just get my, you know, my pant leg wrapped around, get everything tucked in, and it, it works great.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh... That's where these boots are very versatile. They offer, you know, a lot of protection, but there's some nice features that, you know, cross over into other the disciplines that, uh, you know, they're, they're very effective um, boots.
0: Many, many of the parts, and, and I know this is, is kind of a thing, with, especially with track boots, um, many of the parts are replaceable, right? Like the, the toe slider and things, you know, various parts are attached, so if they get damaged, you can kind of just replace them and continue to use the boot if it's still structurally sound.
1: Yeah, you know, that's that's always a big question. So, you know, most the most of the components are replaceable, but not all of them. You know, uh, it's, we have to be careful how rebuildable we make these boots because, like you said, if the um, main structure of the boot gets damaged, and a lot of times it can get damaged in a big wreck, you know, we don't want the riders re, rebuilding their boots, thinking that they've yeah. rebuilt their boots and go back out on the track with a, you know, a boot that's maybe compromise so you know de- definitely for you know low impact wrecks and that you know yeah the the parts are are available and and replaceable so but it, but the you um, know boots are boots are like a helmet you know it's you know if you have a big wreck in them you know you really need to consider starting yeah. again so
0: sure yeah well yeah i mean you want your gear to perform optimally right so yeah, yeah that, that's that totally right. that totally makes sense and then the um the buckle system for the boot is, is fairly unique, right. In the industry, it's basically a a plastic strap, like a ratchet strap that goes around the back of the boot. Um, and then that there's a a red button, which releases the strap, you know, when you want to take the boot off, but then there's like a, a cam basically. Right. So when, when you, when you insert the strap into the buckle, you can just kind of ratchet to tighten up, you know, however tight you want. It's actually pretty convenient feature.
1: Yeah, it's great. Um, you know, it's all about uh, getting that boot locked to your, you know, your levers or to, to your pants. Um, that just helps with the whole stability of the lower leg. Um, yeah, so that uh, that's designed to be done up tight and uh, it's, it's a great feature, um, very effective. Uh, also, you know, the operation of that is, you know, it's designed to be used with a gloved hand, so... You know, it's it's all good to have nice designs, but the boot, you know, needs to be, you know, operable, I guess, uh, when, when you're fully dressed.
0: Sure. Easy to use. Yep. Beautiful thing. Yeah, um, that's right. And, and I know there's some nice size areas of Velcro also on the inside of the boot, right? where Because the the, the the boot zipper on the inside and then there's a nice patch of Velcro. So depending on your, you know, the thickness of your cab and whatever, you know, you can you know whatever, get that loose or tighter, like whatever depending depending on size. so they, they seem to adjust pretty well that way too.
1: Yeah, so you know Velcro is a magnificent product and uh, just allows you to personalize the fit um, gives you a lot of you know adjustment. yeah it's it's a nice big patch and you know it's uh, it works well.
0: Yeah. now do, do you have any idea where the ice name comes from? like why, why did Forma pick that name? Is it underneath Is it like an acronym for something? any particular significance?
1: Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, yeah, so uh, through Europe, uh, I think Germany even there's these high speed trains. They're called uh, ICE trains, which I think stands for Inter City Express. So, okay, s- yeah, so uh, that boot, yeah, it was named after a high speed train. So there you okay, go. Okay, so
0: gotcha. So these boots <laughs> yeah. are meant to go fast. That's cool.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's it. And, uh, and I guess
0: I, I guess because it across industries it's it's separated enough it's like there's no trademark infringement or anything
1: but yeah that's right and uh, you know it's uh, it's always difficult coming up with names for products you know so oh yeah yeah so there you go
0: yeah gotcha now you, you mentioned before you know that this this Boot is used or has been used in MotoGP. You know, it's of, of that level, and you know the development that went into it. You know, went went to support racing at that level. Are are there any current MotoGP riders that are wearing Forma?
1: Yeah, Daniele Pedrosi is uh, a Guc- factory Ducati rider. So um, yeah, he's he's our our superstar rider, and uh, he represents the brand really well. You know, he's had pressure from the team to wear another brand, um, but uh, he's been loyal to us and, and he just loves the boots. So, uh,
0: and, and, and you guys actually have a, a color scheme for him, right? Cause I, I know there's kind of, kind of like with like Arai helmets comes to mind, you know, you can get the kind of solid, you know, kind of simple color scheme. And then there's the fancy graphics and co- so you guys kind of have something similar, right? So there's a Petrucci, right? Version of the boot, like with colors, I guess, like what he wears or what he wears.
1: Yeah, that's it. Uh, we we have his we have his exact uh, replica boots uh, available, and yeah, they're very popular. It's uh, it's a great looking uh, colorway,
0: and I, I tell you, actually, interesting interesting coincidence. It's just funny how these things go. the The last interview I did was with a Moto America racer. I don't know if you follow the Moto America Racing Series at all. Uh, basically, yeah. right? They right they took yeah, over do. from the from the AMA um and so i i I interviewed jason madama who races in the twins cup series currently and when i I, you know i used a photo i had taken of him last year at one of the races you know after the race he was doing a wheelie and i was like oh that's an awesome awesome you know artwork for the the podcast episode so as i was kind of putting the artwork together i zoomed in and i noticed he was wearing former boots he's wearing ice pro flows so i was like okay that's kind of interesting coincidence
1: yeah, I love that guy. We've only uh, just started working with him, but he's uh, super professional and yeah, he's a great yeah. racer. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's really good to have quality guys like that on board. And, yeah.
0: Um, yeah, he, he's a cool guy to see. Um, I mean, just the, the, the whole, you know, his bike the whole livery the way he's got it you know because yeah. you know he's a graphics designer right so you know he does his own bike design he does the suit and everything and everything color coordinates and it's just I don't know, every time i see him go by it's like All right, i gotta grab some shots of this guy
1: yeah yeah that's cool guys like that are good for racing so
0: uh absolutely uh, it brings yeah. a lot of color and personality and stuff to the sport yeah yeah um so on the the ice pros, any any other features we didn't kind of hit on? I, well, I know this. Uh, I mean, this is unique. I haven't seen it on any on any other boot the 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 kind of toe strap across the front of the boot, right? That's basically it's basically a, a rubber strap, I guess, with a pin, and you've got like three settings. So, uh, I guess so. You know, for people that want, they can snug down the toe a little bit more.
1: Yeah. Okay. So you know, it's the most asked question I get about this boot. Uh, but basically, you know. I've referred to it as a as an overload strap okay so basically once the rider's put the boots on they then adjust that strap uh to a um a comfortable tension and what uh what that strap ultimately is doing is taking pressure off uh all the seam so this this boot is a very lightweight racing boot so um where we can take pressure off any of the stitching and that, that uh, just helps the durability of the boot. Um, also, um, riders, some riders like a nice firm feel across the top of their foot. So, um, so it's sort of serving a couple of functions there. Um, uh, if you actually do look closely at our MotoGP races, they, some of them actually cut that strap off. So um, they don't want the feel. Um, you know they're going all out to win a world championship, um, but that's you know it comes down to uh, uh, rider preference. But you know yeah. uh, it's it's a great feature and um, and it's easy to use too. So
0: absolutely. So uh, obviously, a lot has gone into these boots, right? Like 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 you mentioned earlier, you know the 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 design and the technology and whatnot. That there's a tremendous amount involved. Um. Actually, what's like when could you say these boots, the Ice Pros, first came out? Like, how, how long have they been around? Like in, in this current iteration, like this design?
1: Yeah. So this is the second generation. Uh, first generation was called the Ice, and um, second generation Ice Pro. Uh, so uh, Ice Pro, I think now is coming up. Uh, it's coming up four years. So um, it's had some little refinements along the way. But um, yeah, it was a big upgrade four years ago. So yeah, sometimes when you get a good design, um, it'll stick around for a while because uh, because it works so well. And I think that's one of one of those boots, you know. So um, yeah,
0: it, it, it's interesting because like I, I know, and it's interesting. Like in the helmet world, you know, I, I chose to go with a um, for reasons I've talked about in other episodes and things. But it's interesting because it's a similar thing. Because one of the criticisms of ari is, well, like it's been the same helmet for the last whatever thirty thirty years or something like that. Like you don't put any cool like th- attachments, and it's not coolly shaped, and you know, like you don't do wind, you know, whatever fancy wind tunnel testing and whatever. But yeah. similar, like similar kind of argument, and and I'm not saying right or wrong, right? You know, like anything, you know, you you do your research and and you pick a product that makes sense to you, but you know, at least their position makes sense to me, which is, you know, this basic shape, helmet shape is strong for, for engineering reasons and based on engineering principles and it's successful. And like more importantly, an interesting point is that over the years that this design has existed, they've collected so much data, um, that that you know they, they fine t- you know they fine tune and tweak things where they could, but they know it's basic it's basically a good sound design, so it's like why mess with it kind of thing you know
1: so yeah, and also you know there's, there's a lot of expense goes into des- designing these boots you know um, you know for one one style of boot, you could be looking at like you know all the plastic molds now you could be looking at like say three hundred thousand euros of molds and you know, tools to produce the boot. So, you know, the, the boot has to get a certain lifespan, you know, to to get a return, um, you know. Sure. And that's that's generally like we, we get asked a lot in this boot for, you know, extra large sizes, you know, like size 15 and 16. Um, but, you know, it's just not viable to produce those sizes because it's so expensive, you know. So, right, right. Um, so... You know, I guess that's another reason the economics is why uh, some models stick around for a while too.
0: No, that makes sense. I mean, look, look, it, yeah. it, it is a it is a business, right? It's like you know, you have to, you know, you can't sell a product that you're not making money on.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It has to be good, good product, and you know, I think uh, that's why Form is going so well at the moment. Is uh, you know, we're producing a good product, and you know, always refining and trying to make better, and yeah, uh, yeah. yeah.
0: So, uh, so the, 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 the boots are designed in Italy, right? Which is yeah. the, the, head, the headquarters for Forma. And then, if I'm not mistaken, they're manufactured in Romania?
1: Yeah. So, the main uh, production facility is in Romania. The reason they use uh, Romania is, is a lot of skilled labor. And that goes back uh, to the Cold War days. Uh, uh, Romania uh, produced most of, the, um, most of the military boots. Uh, for all of Europe so there's a lot of factories set up there a lot of a lot of history a lot of highly talented people um, uh, so that's that's probably the main reason uh, there's also the economics um, labor rates in Italy extremely high so that's that's probably the two reasons why you know they're produced in Romania now um, but if you take a look at any any former boot uh, in you know, this is how I judge, you know, the quality is just have a close look at the stitching lines and, you know, on every, every pair of Forma boots, the, the stitching is, is perfect, you know, so it's a credit to, to the factory and, you know, how committed they are to quality and, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's one of the main reasons I started with Forma, you know, I, I looked at the boots and I thought, wow, you know, look how well this is produced and, um. Um, you know, and I've, you know, I've been to the factory and, you know, met the people there, they're, you know, they're all family people. It's, you know, they love their work and they love producing boots and it's just a real credit to, to them. And they've been able to make something, I guess, out of, out of the poorer country that they live in and, you know, produce something awesome. So,
0: Mm -hmm. yeah sure which which actually that, that that's a good segue so how how did you become aware of former like how how did that transition happen that you started distributing their their products?
1: Well, you know, I was just a just a uh well, I was working for another brand, and um you know we're just aware of what former were doing, you know, and it's just like the more I looked at it and um you know I just thought, wow you know this this brand is going to go somewhere, so you know, I made some inquiries, and you know, just uh, just worked out that you know they were they were looking for someone, and and I had that experience, and yeah, away we went. So,
0: I just want to take a little break here to let you know that this episode is brought to you in part by the following supporters of my podcast: Thumper Club member John Gardner, also known as G Four, Parallel Twin Club members Shane Patilla and Jerry Vavaro. V-Twin Club members Richard Warfield Jr. of r Dub Studios LLC and Harley Nemzer from the On the Road Again Motorcycle School, Triple Club member Aaron at the Motorcycle Rider, and V4 Club member John DelVecchio from the Street Skills LLC Motorcycle Riding School and author of the book Cornering Confidence. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your support. It is greatly needed and very much appreciated. If you would like to join these supporters to help grow my podcast and other motorcycle related content and thus contribute to the growth of the sport of motorcycling, please stay tuned to the end of this episode or check out the podcast supporters link on my website. And now back to the show. Um, did you do you have much experience? Are you like a motorcyclist at all or?
1: Yeah, so you know, I originally got into the industry from racing, uh only at club level I was I was never a good racer. <laughs> but um yeah, certainly hey, love. If my you wife.
0: if you if you have a fun, that's what counts.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, so but I uh, love riding, you know, rode all the time. Uh you know, I grew up on a farm, you know, always had motorcycles and but uh yeah, just a good friend that I rode with, uh he actually uh, he actually worked for a distributor and he said, Hey, you gotta come and work for us and I said, yeah, I like the sound of that. So, you know, now yeah, I've been a long time in industry, worked with a lot of brands, and uh, you know, it's been a fabulous road, and you know, I met some great people, and it's been a great pathway, and yeah, yeah, here I am well, talking no, to you. No, so.
0: yeah, I mean that's <laughs> cool, and, and it makes sense that you know, I kind of, I, I kind of, well, I had to assume anything, right? But it, it's it's usually the case, like people, people. Anyway, involved in in selling whether it's motorcycles motorcycle gear or whatever i'd say 99.9 percent of the time they're riders you know that's kind of how they they got into it um you know and obviously obviously you can make money at it but they just do it more for the passion of it because they just you know they, they love the activity of motorcycling and whatnot um so when when you were racing was that in australia
1: yeah yeah so uh yeah just locally and uh mostly off-road racing um yeah, so cross-country, uh, yeah, we have uh, some great countryside down here and, you know, it's just great racing through some of our woods and forests and, yeah, so I used to, used to really love that and, you know, I still ride today and, you know, more in the adventure category now. uh, uh, is, uh very strong in adventure, um, so, you know, I find myself heavily involved uh Riding all I all I can, uh, but, but mostly adventure riding and yeah. You last got,
0: you, you got to test out the products, right?
1: Yeah, you know <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's a good good part of the job, I guess.
0: Um, sure. So so former so former has quite a broad range of products, right? So obviously that the track stuff that we've talked about, um, then street riding boots, off road like off road adventure. Well, I, I guess off like. I don't. Know, do you guys do motocross, like motocross supercross? Yeah,
1: stuff? yeah, that's it. So yeah, we have we have a bunch of AMA Supercross riders that we uh, sponsor. Um, you know, um, Hep uh, Hep Racing, and also Tyler Bowers. Um, so uh, we've got guys wearing our product at the highest level. And um, but yeah, with with our whole collection, you know, this is this is the amazing thing about former is. Uh, you know they try and produce a boot for every discipline out there. Um, um, they want to put riders, they want to put boots on every every rider out there. So, so even right back to to trials riding, you know they have you know, world championship quality boots uh, for trials riding. Um, you know have um, great motocross boots, very very strong in adventure. Probably have the biggest selling adventure boot right now. Um, adventure touring uh then the the urban line the urban line's really strong for us at the moment uh you know urban urban ride shoes of or boots have really come on strong in the last few years and you know they're they're very popular so yeah we we've got it most of it covered i think so
0: so and and like street wise, like you've got quite a broad range, right? Because you've got everything from like you know like full boots to above the ankle boots to kind of riding shoes, and uh, I know it was again like coincidences and things that just interesting. Like a guy that I know listens to my podcast, and I I know him from another podcast that we both listen to. Recently posted. Hey, look at this cool pair of former riding shoes I got. was <laughs> like, oh, nice. They're like a. I don't know. The, I don't remember the the, the model name, but it's like a blue. It looked like a blue suede kind of like a like just over the ankle kind of shoe. You know. The yeah, I'm
1: that's about? that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So that's our hyper. It's like a leather high top. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's actually a CE approved, um, boot. So, looks looks like a you know like a casual. Shoe, but uh, you know it, it is limited for protection. But the protection that it have, has is quite effective. So, sure. Uh, so it has um, it has plastic ankle cups that um, that are inside the boot. Uh, but most of the protection is in the sole. So it looks like a you know a, like a street shoe, tennis shoe type sole. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the sole is is designed not to crush. Okay, so. So if the bike falls on on the rider, the the sole's not going to crush in, um, and that's one of the that's one of the CE tests, and um, I think that's pretty cool. You know, these that level of shoe or boot gets criticised a lot, but you know what, you know, all the brands that are all they're trying to do is get riders out of wearing tennis shoes on bikes, you know, and into yeah, a higher that, level higher level of protection, and you know, and definitely you know. And- yeah, we still get a lot of guys, you know, on their high horses claiming that, you know, guys shouldn't be wearing them, they're not protective. But, you know, they they are protective and, um, you know, we have to find a compromise to these guys that continue to wear, you know, sports yeah. shoes or yeah. whatever on I, bikes. I so,
0: yeah. No, it- it, it, no, that, that's a really good point. Cause that, that's something I've talked about in prior episodes is I've talked about gear and, you know, I have said like, it, it, it is a personal choice. You know, I, I don't preach to people about gear. I mean, I, you know, I make my recommendations. It's like, I, you know, I, I talk about what I do and the reason I do it. And if people agree and they want to do it, awesome. If, you know, if I've positively influenced someone, that's great, but it, it is a personal choice and, you know, it is, it's, it its you know, you got to choose what's right for you to enjoy the activity the way you want to enjoy it. And so, like you said, you know, there's there's like anything, this this gradients, this steps of things. So if if you know, if you can get someone out of uh you know just whatever Kmart shoes <laughs> into something that's got some ankle and sole protection, you you, you know you you've won a little bit. And uh, that's like the my friend who posted the thing on Facebook, and he said, "It's like, yeah, I got these shoes because I can wear them around anywhere and protect my feet when I'm riding." So. You know it definitely it definitely serves the purpose
1: yeah you know it's um, it's always a, a difficult argument you know you know what what level of protection to wear and but you know people are going to wear motorcycles anyway, so it's just like hey we we need to get some level of protection onto them yeah. and uh, yeah. the, the probably the, the biggest problem we have is the the cost of you know good products you know so I think the industry does a pretty good job of trying to keep Price is real and affordable, and it's difficult to make when you're making such elaborate products um, and then try and keep the price down. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's a real challenge.
0: Yeah. But that, that that's an interesting thing, too. And, and you know, I, I know I keep saying I talked about in a prior episode, but I did talk about it in a prior episode was, you know, one, one of the uh, th- things of advice I had for people who are just getting started in the sport is, you know, when when they're setting their budget, right, they're setting out to buy the first motorcycle. It's like, don't blow the whole budget on the motorcycle, like allocate, think about what you're going to need in terms of gear so that you don't spend everything you have to get, you know, your dream motorcycle and not not be able to protect yourself a little bit because, because realistically, you know, someone spends whatever, right. You can spend anywhere from five grand to 40 grand on a motorcycle, right. It's not, it's not really asking that much to spend a hundred, $150 on a pair of shoes to protect yourself, you know, 50, a hundred dollars on a good pair of gloves, you know, a couple hundred bucks on a helmet. So like if, if you, if you look at it that way, the industry really does a good job of of making affordable products. I mean, they may, you know, yeah. If if you look at buying a just regular pair of jeans for thirty bucks versus you know riding jeans for a hundred bucks, okay, yeah, it's more expensive. But in terms of what you're getting, it, it's actually pretty pretty affordable.
1: Yeah, look, um, there's a lot of talk at the moment about you know, you know, we're not seeing younger generations coming through into motorcycling, and you know, there's big gaps, and you know. A lot of it uh, a lot of it is that we've we've made it too expensive for these younger guys to to get into the sport um, you know and I'm not, not saying that you know they should be wearing cheaper gear or whatever, but um, you know we really need to focus on making riding affordable and you know and if if they can't afford the good gear, hopefully you know they can maybe afford some rider education I, I think yeah. a lot of the a lot of the safety that's um, you know one aspect that's been neglected is um, is rider education. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, guys are with little experience of jumping on fast bikes, and yeah. um, then expecting the the you know the safety product to protect them. You know, when you know they've they've got little idea of how to actually ride the machine. You know, so so yeah. I don't know it's it's a tough one and um but yeah if if we want you know if we want the industry to survive you know we we have to find a way through and and find the balance I guess and and you know what motorcycling is exciting because it's dangerous too so um, right you know so not not that we need to make it dangerous for people but um, yeah we're not but, we're not always going to be able to make it um fully safe for everyone, so
0: no, that's true, and that, I, I know that's something people talk about too, is safety, and like i've I've talked to people who are like let's let's not talk about safety because safety is it it's kind of a abstract concept that you can't like really measure anything like let's talk yeah, about right. you know and, and yeah. which I get you know and and there's there's a values thing to that too. what's safe versus not safe. so it's like let let's talk about control, let's talk about skill. You know, people being yeah. able to control the motorcycles more. But the, the thought I had, as as you were saying that about, you know, one of the reasons people ride is the danger. Is I, I know, like a lot of people say that, but the thought that occurred to me, and, and maybe this is just more my own personal viewpoint. I don't know if it's so much that it's dangerous as that it's challenging. It, you yeah. know, I'm, that there's this kind of a difference, and and it, it's interesting. It's it's like one of the reasons I want to get on the track because it's like there's there's only so much i can do on the street quote unquote safely right without you know risking myself or others because i want to keep it, it's just and i guess it's true of any activity any sport or hobby you get into but particularly with motorcycling there's always something new there's like a new limit like you want to keep pushing it like okay you know can can how how fast can i take this turn can i take it faster than i did last time you know can can i get off the line f- faster than I did last time. You know, can I pass my friend on the track this time? You know, kinda and it, it's always that and maybe that's part of what draws people to motorcycling is there's always something new to learn, to try or whatever. And it, maybe that's really what draws people because uh, honestly, like I don't get on a motorcycle going, hey, you know, there's there's a chance I'm gonna die. Like that that doesn't interest me at all. <laughs> that's why, you know, and that that's why I gear up and I, I suggest other people gear up. But when it's like, wow, the idea that I could take, I, I could maybe reach the top speed of my current motorcycle on a track. Wow, that interests me. Okay, and as a result of that, I might crash, so I better protect myself. You know?
1: Yeah. know, um, yeah, Maybe I used the wrong words there, but I certainly, certainly agree thought, with, just, with you. But you know, but, uh, yeah, you know, I I certainly want people to be aware of you know consequences. Um, you know, we need to think that hey, you know, I want to ride next time, you know, so um, so I'm gonna, you know, ride within my means. And so, I guess,
0: yeah, it's interesting, it's interesting too that you mentioned that because I was thinking about just, um, like I know, like I've been, you know, watching videos and learning things about some of the airbag technology that's available, you know, Alpine Stars and Dainese, and lots of companies, right? It's amazing, amazing technology, um and and one of the points being and i don't know if it's both alpine stars or Dionysi, but one of them the the track uh you know airbag suit actually has two charges so that y- you can basically you can you can use the suit twice so like so there's a the thing right like talk about you know wanting to be you, you know not get yourself in trouble it's like you're out on the track you crash the, the airbag deploys now you can get back on the bike cuz you got one more charge left you know just in case so it's just
1: yeah no it's amazing um, you know Alpine Stars is a competitor of ours but you know I'm I'm just so impressed with uh, you know where they've got to and um, I still think our boots are better but
0: <laughs> um, hey you, but, you should <laughs> <laughs>
1: but uh, you know I've been fortunate to to be on the inside of Alpine Stars and I know how focused they are and yeah, um, yeah. you know what they've done with that airbag is is amazing and Gabrielle, the owner, is just uh, a remarkable person. So, um, you know, the industry is, I guess, really in good hands. Um, you know, yeah. we just, uh, you know, what we we're talking about before. You know, we just need to try and make this technology as cheap as possible, sooner rather than later, so we can, you know, get more people using it. So,
0: you know, and, and it's happening. I mean, I know, like the the airbag suits. You know, they're they're not inexpensive, but they're they're coming down. You know, and, and now you've got the options of like you know, an airbag vest that you can use, you know, with another manufacturer's suit and stuff like that. So yeah, at, at least that, the, option, the options are starting to come,
1: you know? Yeah, no, it's it's great.
0: Cool, cool. Just another quick break to announce the new affiliates program. If you go to the affiliates page on my website, you will see the companies that I have partnered with to bring you some of the motorcycle gear and services that I use myself. Not only will you benefit from their products and services, but if you make a purchase using the links on this page, you'll also be helping to support the podcast financially. So I'd like to welcome these affiliates. Street Skills LLC, which provides the Cornering Confidence book and online course. If you purchase a course or course and book combination from my website, you'll also be listed as a supporter on my podcast supporters page as a Parallel Twin Club member. If you're already a podcast supporter, a portion of the purchase price will be credited towards your next support level. And I'd also like to welcome Bond Body Armor, which I've been using for a couple of years now. If you go to their website using the affiliate link, you'll get 10% off your entire purchase from their online store using the discount code they provide. Tell them you heard about Bond Body Armor from this podcast and get a free helmet liner. And now back to the last part of the show. So uh what uh what one or more motorcycles are currently in your garage?
1: Uh well you know this is this is the great thing about working in the industry you know I I get to to ride demos and stuff from dealers and <laughs> so nice. but uh you know I have some old old bikes there um old Old farm bikes and stuff. I'm going to restore, but uh, I guess my current ride at the moment is the predecessor to the the um, the Tenere Seven Hundred. I have a XTZ uh, 660, which uh, wasn't available in the US, but um, yeah, I have one here in Australia. That's uh, that's been highly modified, and it's uh, it's a great bike. Um, so that's really my current ride at the moment. Um, uh, yeah, so. At the moment, uh, just with uh, with the lockdown and everything, with uh, COVID nineteen, I'm not getting any time to ride. So, yeah. Uh, but uh, hopefully, in the second half of the year, we'll we'll be back into it
0: yeah it looks like it's getting better things are starting to loosen up a little bit i know like you know i'm a big moto america fan and i do what i can to promote them i mean they've got a race you know it's it's there won't be spectators but they've got a, the first race coming up at the end of this month so that's really cool to yeah, see. I see that yeah. I, I know i know moto gp is doing what they can and they've got that virtual series up and running which is really cool so at least there's you know something for the spectators to follow so that that's really cool
1: yeah and uh you know that whole series i think it's in good hands and uh you know, it's it's only going to uh, go upwards and become more and more popular. So, you know, we're supporting all the riders we can that are involved. And
0: Yeah. And any other rider? Times ahead? Yeah, definitely. Any other uh, America riders I know that you're working with?
1: Uh Yeah. Look, uh, who have we got? Um Sorry, you've uh, caught me on the hop here.
0: Oh, uh, that, that's fine.
1: I, I deal with like 500 riders, so... Um, uh- <laughs> that's it, large, uh, yeah, it's, head. yeah so i don't know who we got we've got a bunch of them anyway so, okay. Okay. so sorry cool. i haven't got any on the top of my head right now but
0: actually uh, you know what's going to happen i'm going to check my my photos later i'll be looking at all my photos <laughs> and see who's wearing from <laughs> yeah that's
1: that's cool
0: yeah, yeah, yeah um do you uh do you keep a, a bike in the states
1: uh well i normally i would um but i don't have one right now but uh yeah and just there's so many good bikes out there right now just so undecided what to get but uh yeah uh the new uh new tenere might suit me good um or you know the 790 um i, I guess I, i'd probably get an adventure bike uh just uh just the location our location in the u.s sure. uh, we've, just, we've got some awesome riding and Uh, well suited to uh well suited to a mid-sized adventure bike so um that's that's what i'll look at
0: yeah 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 cool 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 all right so um anything else you'd want to cover tonight before we we want to wrap it up
1: no i think we're good uh yeah i hope i've been able to provide some insight so um, no, it's been,
0: it's been great. I mean, I've learned a ton. I'm hoping, you know, I do this for the listeners too, so I'm hoping the listeners get a lot out of it. But, you know, one one of one of my goals in reaching out to you is, you know, it, it's just interesting, right? My my thing is just to do what I can to help just promote the industry in general and, and you know, the sport and get more people involved, but, but also, you know, just help make people aware of things, you know, like not you know, obviously, I mean, Forma is a great product, and it's developing, and it's coming up, but not, you know, right, people, everyone knows Alpenstars, and Dianese, and, you know, TCX, and whatever, um, so, I don't know, it's a great product, and, and that's kind of been my thing, is it's like, you know, in my quest, you know, to, to to build my riding skill, and buy motorcycles, and get gear, like, I find stuff, I do my research, and I find stuff I really like, and it's like, hey, I just want to learn more about it, and okay, well, let's, let me help the listeners learn more about it, and if that gets you, you know, you, you more sales, awesome. You know, more more power to you. So,
1: yeah. Look, uh, I think what you're doing is uh, fantastic. You know, we need more of you, and um, you know, we we get hit up all the time for guys wanting to do boot reviews and stuff, and um, you know, we actually we actually don't do a lot of it because generally a lot of guys. Don't understand boots, but yet they want to give an expert opinion on the boots, you know. So right. um, we we can get. What happens is the you know the wrong message uh, gets out um, from you know someone that doesn't doesn't understand products. So you know what I love about what you're doing is you know uh, you go straight to the source, and you know you don't, you don't claim to be the expert, and I think yeah. uh, you'll be you'll be very successful with what you're
0: doing i hope so i hope so well it keeps it keeps growing so as long as long as the listeners like it i'll keep doing it
1: (laughs) yeah no that's great chris uh yeah no good good
0: luck with it all oh thank you very much so listen darren this has been awesome um if people want to reach out to you what's what's the best way to reach you just through the website or
1: hi yeah look um you know i'm happy for for guys to email me direct. so uh uh, it's just darren um, at formerbootsusa.com, uh, so it's d-a-r-r-e-n at former Um You know, sometimes it's a bit slow responding because uh, I get swamped with mail, but I generally like to uh, connect with everyone I can, so the door's cool, always cool, open, cool. yeah.
0: All right, awesome. Yeah, and I'll, I'll make sure the, the email address is in the, the show notes so people can find it easily.
1: Yeah, okay, that's great, Chris.
0: All right. Awesome, Darren. Thank you very much again. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll, stop, I'll stop the recording. Maybe we can chat a little bit afterwards. But uh, thanks again for being on the show.
1: Yeah. No, thank you, Chris.
0: If you'd like to find out more about my podcast or find the earlier podcast episodes, just point your web browser to, so to com, or find the link in the show notes included with this episode in your podcast app. If you have any questions about the show or the topics discussed, or if you want to send me feedback, you can email me anytime at soyouwanteride at yahoo.com. That address is also in the podcast notes. You can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram, where I share lots of links to other people's motorcycle articles and video content, as well as providing a lot of my own motorcycle related photos and content. Just search for So You Wanna Ride or find the links on my website or, again, in the podcast notes. There are two big ways you can help support the show. One is free and one is paid. If you'd like to help support the podcast financially, you can donate using PayPal by going to paypal.me slash Christopher Geis or just click the donate link at the upper right on my website. I also now have a podcast supporters page on the website which lists all of the listeners who are supporting the podcast. Total donations of $5 to $9 will make you a member of the Thupper Club where I will list your name and any social media links that you want to provide. Donations of $10 and up will make you a member of one of the other clubs where I'll include your photo and biography, as well as any links you want to provide. Any commercial organization that would like to support the podcast to help promote their products and services can contact me directly for the available options. All donations will be put to very good use to cover operating expenses and to help promote and expand the podcast. Anything you care to donate will be greatly appreciated. The free way to help is just help me spread the word so we can continue to grow my online and listener communities. So please share the link to my podcast and my social media with family, friends, and coworkers. And also please leave me a rating and some comments on iTunes and any other place where you can leave feedback or mention the show. As always, thank you for listening. And just remember, whatever you do, it's always time to ride.